welcome to the Full Capacity Living Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Bush. As a board-certified integrative and functional medicine health coach, I work with physicians and clients across the country to create healthy habits that stick. The mission of this podcast is to empower you, the listener, to take charge of your own health and to shift the healthcare paradigm one conversation at a time. Each episode digs deep into health and wellness informed through the lens of integrative and functional medicine. I talk to those in the trenches doing the work and sharing ideas. You will hear from cutting-edge leaders and everyday people making the world and our lives better each moment through nutrition, mindfulness, gut health, spirituality, movement, and so much more. Are you living up to your full capacity? Well, stay here, have a listen, and maybe expand your world a little bit. Now on to this week's show. Today is a solo cast, and we are talking sober curious. Have you ever been curious about it? It's a great term, isn't it? So Ruby Warrington back in 2018 is credited with this term, sober curious, and she's written a book um, that... I think if you're interested, you should check out. She's also got a podcast called Sober Curious. But here's the subtitle of the book. The Blissful Sleep, Greater Focus, Limitless Presence, and Deep Connection Awaiting Us All on the Other Side of Alcohol. Well, if that doesn't get you curious, I don't know what would. Uh, Because all of these things, blissful sleep, greater focus, presence, connection, who doesn't want those things, right? And for us to realize that maybe alcohol, even in small amounts, is interfering with this. Yeah, it's something to consider. So just to be clear, the Sober Curious movement is not, it's not really like AA. It's not for someone who has a serious addiction to alcohol. It's for those people who are social drinkers and Maybe that's upticked a little bit more than it should, especially with what's going on in 2020 um, and 2021. But these, this is really a movement for people to explore what being a little sober curious or sober sometimes might bring to you. So check out our podcast. It's really some great information, but I think the benefits can be life-changing. So stick with me here and let's talk a little bit about some of the surprising facts around alcohol. And, you know, in researching this topic, it really was surprising to me to find out that the Center for for Disease Control defines heavy drinking as 15 drinks for men a week and eight drinks for women a week. I certainly know that there are lots of people out there that wouldn't consider themselves heavy drinkers that drink, you know, particularly women, maybe eight drinks a week. That's a little more than, than one drink a day. Um, and I think maybe it's, it's really around the consistency of it, doing it every single day. Um, certainly if you don't do it every day and then you spend, you know, Saturday having eight drinks, that might do it for you. Um, but on average during 2020, this is some more information that I think is very interesting. Americans consumed 17 alcoholic drinks a week. Now, that's an average. Certainly not everybody did that. Um, But when you think about what the Center for Disease Control considers, um, even for men, 15 drinks a week, 
if we increase that to 17, hmm, what, what happens with that, right? And it's easy to find yourself slipping into this. Um, I've definitely heard stories from people who share with me at all different stages of life too. So it isn't just really young. It isn't just, you know, middle age. Um, it's often sometimes people who are in retirement and realize, gosh, I got no commitments and I'm, I'm just, I have some free time here. So some of the reasons why most people have a glass or two a night, you know, include stress. So we know that those statistics around increased alcohol consumption in 2020 were certainly around stress, right? We were quarantined. We weren't able to lead the lives that we were used to. We didn't know what was happening, right? I think this, um, this quarantine pandemic really threw a loop in our days. So, but that's not to say that, that stress isn't around other times. Stress is really one of the big drivers of a lot of health issues. And if you know anything about this podcast, you know that I dig into stress and stress tools a lot because I think it's a really important thing. Um, but that is one of the reasons why people will choose to have a glass or two of some kind of alcohol each day, right? To relax yourself, to get rid of that tense feeling that you might have. The other reason that people tend to do it is sleep. Um, often people will feel like sleep is, um, you know, I can't fall asleep very easily. I don't really stay asleep that well. So if I have a glass or two of alcohol, it will help me fall asleep and stay asleep. Well, the reality is, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the um, the research around this, but but what happens with that is that, yeah, maybe you would relax and you might fall asleep a little bit more quickly, but it actually disrupts your sleep later on in the night. It disrupts your REM sleep, which is where you have most of your dreams. It reduces your respiratory um, status, which can lead to sleep apnea if you don't really even have it regularly. But if you do have sleep apnea, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, you know, a, sort of getting against you if you're if you're drinking and then you're using maybe a a device to help with sleep apnea that's also during the REM sleep period where you get your memory and learning and creativity you cycle through this this phase uh, several three to four times a night so so sleep is disrupted in many ways because of alcohol Um, and another reason why people do this is out of habit I can't tell you how many people I've had talk to me about the fact that, well, I just come home from work and, you know, maybe I, I go and hang out on my Chase Lounge on my patio or um, connect with my um, spouse or my partner. So the habitual part of drinking is that you just get into a habit around different times of the day. So maybe, as, as I said, you come home from work Um, You decide that you want to relax a little bit. Maybe it's been a stressful day, but it becomes a habit for you to just get in that comfortable chair or go out to your patio or, or wherever it might be and you grab a glass of wine or you grab a cocktail. I know that that could be, you know, the usual thing right before you eat. Um, sometimes people like to just relax and do that. So, so habits are part of the reason why sometimes you have a glass or two a night kind of thinking about you know, what is it that you really want to think about if, if you're deciding to do this sober curious thing? And, you know, there's Sober October, 
there's dry January, there's all kinds of opportunities all throughout the year to actually stop drinking and see what it does for you. One of the things that keeps you um, focused on that is figuring out why you want to do this in the first place. And sometimes you don't always know why until you know what are the things that are affected by, by alcohol, right? And so we'll talk a little bit about that, but I also want to talk a little bit about you know, the, the positive things that have been in the news and research around alcohol. So there's a Harvard study quite a few years ago that I know a lot of people like to refer to stating that drinking red wine daily is good for your heart. And the reasons that they talked about that were polyphenols, antioxidants, resveratrol. But my question to other people would be, is there a better way to get some of those polyphenols, antioxidants, and even resveratrol? I think there actually is. So it, and it, this doesn't mean that you don't, you don't ever pick up a glass of wine again. But I think that when, as we go through what the topic is um, today, you'll realize maybe I'll, I'll make a different choice sometimes, you know, and so maybe it'll be um, sober sometimes. But the, the better way to get those polyphenols and antioxidants is really from your food, right? So wine comes from grapes, and that's where the antioxidant qualities come from and resveratrol. Um, there's also supplements for that if, you, if you're interested. Um, but thinking about the size of our drinks. So here's, and I'm not just picking on wine, but wine is really an interesting because you know, a lot of us like to grab a glass of wine and the Harvard study tells us, you know, maybe we should have a glass of wine a day. Um, but in a, when we measure drinks, 12 ounces of beer is actually one drink, right? It's a little bit easier to measure. Mostly it's, it comes, you know, prepackaged in a can or a, a bottle. But wine, it's actually only five ounces. And if you measure that out, I bet most of us are having a little bit more than five ounces and calling that a drink. I know I have. When you measure out five ounces and you have large wine glasses, it doesn't seem like that much in there, right? Um, I think liquor is one and a half ounces and that's pretty standard for a shot glass. But other information, which is really interesting, um, from the 1700s, we had wine glasses that only held 50 milliliters. Now our wine glasses actually hold almost 240 milliliters. So certainly we're not filling it to the brim, but that's one of the reasons why maybe we have a little bit more than we realize on a regular basis. So, so there are some surprising statistics around um, wine too, that, that alcohol is inflammatory and it contains toxins and it produces toxins as byproducts. That's kind of what wakes us up uh, at 3 a.m. after we've had a couple of drinks and even one or two drinks can do that because at 3, 2 or 3 a.m. that's sort of when your your liver is processing some of the metabolites from the alcohol. So it isn't always just the alcohol, it's, it's what our body does with the alcohol and the metabolites that it produces. Um, there are also toxins and I'm again I'm picking on wine a little bit but Wine is one of those things that um, they actually use a lot of additives for. Um, but there's also naturally occurring toxins that can, can be from the soil. Arsenic, cadmium, lead, I'm sure all of you, if you're interested in this topic, may have read the article a few years ago where there were a couple of um, wine 
specific brands of wine that they said contained more toxins than um, we ever realized before. And so I think that can be an interesting and important thing to think about. And really, it's not just the toxins that you find in the wine. It's our total toxin burden. When we think about toxins, you have to consider all of the things that we're exposed to on a daily basis, whether that's pesticides, whether that's glyphosate. So it isn't just one or two things. And when you consider alcohol, you might want to consider that total toxin burden when you make your choice, right? So it's all about choice. So it's about the knowledge, it's about the choice, it's about exploring these options. And I think, you know, if you decide to do any of the sober curious movements for about 30 days, you could you could literally go on Facebook and find so many different groups doing this. But I do think that it can be helpful to have this knowledge behind you and then you decide, you make the choice yourself, right? So here's a study from the University of Sussex in England that showed that people who participated in dry January actually reported improvements in their health and their relationship with alcohol. Specifically, 71% had better sleep, 67% had more energy, 58% lost weight, 57% had better concentration, and 54% reported having better skin. Now, who doesn't want that, especially the women in our crowd, right? I noticed that, and it's because alcohol is actually, a, a it dehydrates you. Um, so that's part of the reason why your skin looks a little bit better if you kind of stay away from it a little bit more. You know, there are a lot of reasons why people are choosing to be sober curious and sober sometimes, um, more than they did before. That study, actually, the other piece of it that they found was that people overall reduced the amount of intake of alcohol over the next year once they did the sober curious movement for 30 days. So it can really help you kind of reset that or recalibrate where you are with alcohol and how much you think you need and want and what you really would benefit from. So here are some of the benefits, right? We talked a little bit about sleep deeper, more restorative sleep. And you might find that you have a little more energy during the day, right? Better detox of liver during sleep. So if your liver has to focus on the alcohol that you've put into it, it's not detoxing all of the other things that it needs to detox. Our bodies are detoxing on a daily basis. We detox through our liver. We detox through sweat, urine, bowel movements. That's my topic again. Um, I know people don't like to talk about that, but but when you think about your body, it does detox on a daily basis in a normal way, right? We don't have to do um, super detox cleanses, but you know, you think about what your liver is doing. Um, if you put the ad added burden of alcohol in there, um, the detox of, from the liver actually becomes more challenging. And so it doesn't work as efficiently. Healthy weight, that's something that people are always interested in, right? So how can you lose a little bit of weight with alcohol? Well, plain old calories for number one. Um, but the other part of it is it's connected to the sleep thing. So if you're not really sleeping well enough and you haven't gotten deep restorative sleep, you have more of this hunger hormone called ghrelin produced. And when there's more ghrelin, it really 
it tips you into feeling like you want more carbohydrates. And so you end up eating more the day after or the day of, right? Um, if you're, you're having alcohol and you're around food, you lose that inhibition to say, yeah, I'm, I'm actually full. I don't really need more. Um, so you end up eating a little bit more. So overall, just plain calories from alcohol, but the way our brain interprets that signal for snacking and eating, that changes when you have alcohol or you don't have alcohol. So another thing that people find is that energy levels and focus are better. So because of that better sleep, because of the lower toxin burden, then you actually feel like you have more energy. You have more focus. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about um, the toxins too. So one of the things that we know about wine is that it, um, you know, when we have wine produced, there are a lot of additives to it. And the reality is that we don't have any labeling laws for wine and wine can be a very unnatural product. Again, I know I'm picking on wine, but it's one of the alcohols that I think has more of a toxic burden. Um, there's over 72 chemical additions allowed into wine by the U.S. federal government. That, that doesn't mean that all of them are harmful. Some of them are, are things that need to be done to kind of produce the wine. Um, so, but I want you to think about uh, the idea of biodynamic wine or natural. So when we think about foods, natural is not really a word that we put much stock in. But when it comes to the wine industry, natural wines actually mean that they're not using all these additives. And biodynamic wine actually means that they're using processes in the growing of the, the grapes where they use plants to inhibit pests, pests coming in and taking over the wine, taking over the grapes. Sorry, not the wine, but the grapes. Um, so they set the environment up so that you don't really have to use pesticides. And it's a really wonderful way of, of growing the grapes, but also knowing that you don't have to use as much um, additives. So looking for natural or biodynamic wines can be a really helpful thing. A good way to figure that out is to actually go to your local wine shop. Um, ask the person in there. If you have a local little wine shop, boy, the person who owns that really knows a lot about wines. And I did this when I was on vacation in Bend, Oregon. Um, Unfortunately, I couldn't do a tasting because we were wearing masks, and but they were at least open. And one of the things that I learned about the wine there was that there, um, if it's a natural wine that hasn't been um, processed as much, what you'll see is sediment at the bottom of it. So that's kind of a good way of, of checking it out. Like I usually tend to drink rosés, so um, it's easier to see. Uh, you can't always see it in a, a dark red wine, but um, I think that that can be a really helpful tool is to just seek out your local wine shop. And also knowing that organic is not always without additives. So I know I've had organic wines before and still didn't feel so great and thought, geez, what the heck is going on here? Um, so I do think that the, the organic label doesn't necessarily mean that it's without additives. So you wanna make sure that you check that out, right? So if you decide to do sort of this, this sober curious thing, you know, people are always asking, what do I do instead of having a cocktail, right? Uh, if that's your habit, that's the thing you've been doing, try and find a new routine. 
maybe instead of going out to that favorite chair or going out to your patio and having a cocktail, go for a 10 minute walk or even a 15 minute walk. Change the trajectory of what you do if that's a habitual response for you. Also starting a new hobby. There's all kinds of great things to be doing out there and especially if if we're looking towards maybe staying inside a little bit more as the weather starts to change. Um, I think a new hobby is a great thing to do, right? Um, Find an alternative drink. I'm going to talk a little bit about some alternatives that I know are interesting and they can take the place of that alcoholic drink. Put a kombucha in a glass, a wine glass, and that can make you feel like you're having a cocktail. I think the other thing, you know, I always talk about breathing and meditation. I think those things are really important things to have as a good practice on a daily basis. But in the moment that you feel drawn to maybe having that cocktail or having that drink, maybe take some time out to do a breath practice or do some meditation. That can be really helpful. I I do think that um, that resets your, your mind. And what you're trying to do is really shift your mindset here and change the way you think about what relaxation is and what stress management is if that's what your alcohol consumption is around. If it's purely social, I think that 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 can be fine too, but we'll find some other ways to kind of shift your mindset around that before you even go to a social event. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about social tips. Uh, So I know we're coming up on Labor Day weekend. My family has a big party, and I I know that usually when I say, eh, I'm not going to have a drink, I think now they've gotten used to it. Um, I don't do it all the time, certainly, but um, when I do, I think it, you know, for people who are used to you having a cocktail, um, it can be a little off-putting to the person that you're talking to if you say, you know, I'm, I'm actually not going to have anything to drink tonight. But I think telling your friends right up front can be a really helpful thing. It, telling them it's just part of your health goals. You're trying to see, you know, how life could be different without having that alcohol. Um, and if you're a couple weeks into it and you've tried it, sharing the benefits with somebody, talking about your sleep is better, my energy is better, you know, sometimes people have better, um, less joint pain, I should say, or gut microbiome issues. That's, it's, you know, it's a toxin and it's inflammatory to your gut microbiome. So you might be feeling better GI wise. So that's kind of one of the things I think that can be helpful is just talk to your friends, tell them that you're doing this. Um, Sometimes telling them before you get there can be helpful. I always like to plan um, an exercise class, a run, or for me rowing the next morning because I certainly don't want to interfere with any of my exercise plans by having a little more than I want to drink or having one drink at all sometimes. When you're more away from it, you realize how one drink actually makes a difference. So plan something athletic the next day so that you have to get up, you have to meet a friend who's maybe not at the party, and that's going to keep you in focus that night by saying, you know, I think I just really don't want to do that. Um, Another tip can be arrive early, leave early. So get there before um, everybody else starts drinking. Connect with the people you want to connect with. Um, and you don't have to leave you know, a party at 7 o'clock if you just get there at 6. But, but the reality is that if you leave a little bit early, sometimes you just don't get caught up in the fray of everybody else drinking a little bit more. 
Um, you feel like you have a little more control. And honestly, if you do some of these things, pat yourself on the back because that's the way to start shifting those habitual patterns. You, you create new neural pathways by congratulating yourself on doing something that is a positive change in a habit or a behavior. So I think it's important to make sure that you um, definitely pat yourself on the back, right? So let's think about um, maybe talking about a few things that might be alternatives. Um, there's something I found that's called Sunwink, and I do really think it's got, they've got some really interesting um, choices. So they've got different drinks that have um, either adaptogens or herbs in them, um, a couple of their drinks are for detox, one is for immunity, one's for recovery, one they um, have a, a tagline of unwind, uplift. So the unwind one has something called ashwagandha in it, which is an adaptogen. An adaptogen really means um, it kind of works with your adrenal system. So if you're feeling as though you need a little bit of energy, an adaptogen is going to bring you up a little bit. If you're feeling like you're hyped up and you want to just relax, maybe you've got too much cortisol running through your veins because you were stressed out, um, ashwagandha or any of the adaptogens can be helpful to bringing that level of cortisol down. Um, and so I've tried this and I actually think the Sunwink is really tasty um, and it definitely made me relaxed. So whatever you're interested in these and they don't have a ton of sugar they've got you know maybe six to eight grams of sugar so I think that's the other thing to look at if you're looking at non-alcoholic alternatives you want to make sure that it doesn't have a lot of alcohol so Sunwink is one of the good ones um, Hum Zero which is a kombucha that has actually zero sugar in it not sure how they do that I got to figure that out but because um, usually kombucha is made by the bacteria eating sugar to create the good bacteria for you. Um, but Hum Zero is actually a kombucha that has no, no sugar in it, and it's pretty tasty. So again, I think a good trick is, you know, bring something with you to the party. Put it in a wine glass. Then, then you don't have to answer any questions, right? You can tell people, eh, here's my drink, right? Um, you know, bringing your own can always be a good shift. There's also something called ginger beer, which is not really beer. Um, there's one that's um, called, I think it's Zevia, and it's sweetened with stevia, and it's not alcoholic, but it's got some ginger in it, which can also be anti-inflammatory. If you look into the world of non-alcoholic uh, alternatives, you're actually going to find a lot out there. There is one that I've been um, trialing called Kin Euphorics, and they've got a couple of different versions, and it's it's actually the one that I have is to just kind of relax at night. Um, and funny enough, I put it in my magnesium. I take it with my magnesium, um, and it does relax you. It's got a little bit of melatonin in it. Well, no, this one actually doesn't have melatonin in it, um, but it's got some herbs that actually bring you into a, a little more of a relaxed state. So you can check out Kin Euphorics. Those are some interesting ones. There's plenty of non-alcoholic wines out there if you're interested in that as well. So, but you know, the other thing is that this is gonna, if you decide to do this for any length of time, it will reset your um, baseline for 
how much alcohol you want and you find yourself actually drinking less when you abstain for a little while. And, and so the question always becomes, is there such a thing as a healthier alcoholic beverage? And I would say yes. As we talked about with wine, you're going to look for natural or biodynamic wines. But there's also a company out there called Dry Farm Wines, and I'm going to put links to all of these things in the show notes. So never fear, you can look at the show notes and find all of this information. Um, Dry Farm Wines is a, it's really an aggregate for different wineries around the world. And these are small wineries who take great care in cultivating their grapes and creating their wines. They test all their wines for heavy metals. They are sugar-free. There's no additives. They're natural and organic. So Dry Farm Wines, again, they're an aggregate and they can ship to you. It's a membership. But I've done as little as three bottles of wine um, every other month. If that's all you want, you could do three bottles of wine a month. You can do up to eight. You can do more than that. They've got special wines that they put out there for for people, red wine, um, rosé, white wine. Um, They've always got some really interesting, and they they really are, they cultivate a really good group of wineries to be part of Dry Farm Wines. So um, check out the show notes and click on that link to find um, some great information about Dry Farm Wines. There's some organic beers too. Organic really, in, in this case, um, they actually, organic means about 95% of the, the, the standard is 95% of the ingredients that go into the beer are organic. So there are 5% that aren't organic. So you can kind of check around, see what you want to do. Here's a couple of brands that I found that are, are pretty decent. Peak Organic Brewing Company. And there's another one called Yinta brewing company so i'm going to spell that u-i-n-t-a brewing company and again i'll have a link for that um samuel smith old brewery not sam adams but samuel smith old brewery those three are are decent uh organic beer choices um and then there's liquor right so so we do know that there are liquors that are clear and cleaner than other liquors so you want to stick with your vodkas, um, Tito's, which is not made from corn. It's not organic, but it is a clean vodka. So that can be a better choice. You can even put it in a green juice, which I have done. Um, I know that sounds a little strange, but put it in a green juice or a beet juice or something like that that has no added sugars. And you can actually have a really nice nice cocktail. I think tequila is another one that's pretty clean. But here are some specific brands. So Rain Organic Vodka, which is R-A-I-N, Prairie Organic Vodka and Gin. Um, And then the last one is One With Life Organic Blanco. So these are some some ways to still have alcohol, reduce your toxins, and really maybe make a choice that might be a little bit better for your health. I, I do think that, um, you know, maybe joining uh, the Sober October, you can kind of wrap your head around it. We're getting, we're heading to the beginning of September. Maybe it'll take you a month to kind of research some of these things. Um, but, you know, think about Sober October. It might be kind of an interesting experiment to see where you could feel even that much better. And And I would also add that, that you know, sometimes people will ask, people who are are extremely prolific about how they get things done. 
right? How do you have such great focus? How do you have um, the ability to do things more than other people do? Maybe creating a business or writing a book or, or just, you know, hobbies or doing more things with your kids, having more energy. You know, I think that the key can be that you're taking care of your health on many levels. And one of those levels can be making sure that you're getting good sleep. And part of that is reducing your alcohol intake. So if you're not drinking, the other part of it is that you're going to save a, a ton of money um, not having alcohol. I know my husband always comments about when I don't have wine at, at dinner when we go out to dinner because it can be expensive, right? You have one or two glasses of wine, that's almost $20 depending on where you're at. Um, so, so I think the other piece of it is that you can find the time and the energy and the creativity to do things that maybe you have more focus around. That creativity, that energy, a lot of that can be found if you decide to take a break from alcohol. And again, it doesn't mean that you're going to do this forever. You might. You might decide that this is really the perfect thing for you. If you decide that it isn't, you might just curb your, your alcohol intake down and realize that there are more things out there for you and you can achieve a little bit more. So keep that in mind and, you know, I'd love to hear in the notes and the comments if you guys decide to do this. Thanks for sticking with me for this and, you know, think about Sober Curious. It's really an exciting thing to do and it'll change your focus on life. Thanks for being here. And as always, if you've enjoyed this, share it with someone else. Maybe go onto the Apple podcast page and write a review and rate the, the podcast. That's the way it, it moves up in the rankings. Um, if you share and more people are interested in listening, you know, I'm super happy that you could do that. So if you've enjoyed it, please share it. Um, this is also on Spotify. So if anybody doesn't have um, access to the Apple podcast, you can listen to it on Spotify. Thanks again. Take care.